Oh boy has it been a long time. That's okay though I am glad to be back and if not better than ever certainly as existent as ever. Welcome back to the unnamed podcast we have a barn burner for you today. Special guest Pat is here, and Johnny has a backlog of at most moderately interesting conversation topics about which to grill him. Buckle in and let's spoogie. P.S. What is your favorite band? Mine is I'm a Robot. bring back the podcast it doesn't have a new name that's part of the, the the hook i think there was something about a robot at one point it's not called that we didn't it's not robot focused enough the main thing is that we're here and we're, we're going to talk about stuff and you're going to talk about stuff you're going to have a guest you can't just listen to john Rhodes talk for like an hour it sounds boring as hell so we got a guest it's pat polk how you doing buddy hey john how's it going i'm pretty good how are you oh i'm pretty good uh, i'm gonna no reason to delay pat eat anything good lately Yes, sir. I have. Of course, I knew to be prepared for at least this one question. Um, I will admit that having a new baby um, means I have eaten repetitively and a lot of takeout lately. <laughs> not not anything too exciting. Uh, but recently, I have eaten pie from the pie place in Oak Park that I have decided is probably the best place that makes food in Oak Park. Um, even though it makes a very narrow range of food, it makes very high quality food. Okay, so if it's the best place now, obviously you're you're going really broad, hi Jen. You're going really broad here with best place that makes food, but it is still a limitation. I want to pause for a second. What places in Oak Park, in general, are better than this place, or is this the best place in Oak Park, food or otherwise, for anything? What's the best place in Oak Park? What's better than this? I mean, it's like not the best place to watch a movie. You know, it's not the best. Like the, the library is a very nice library. Like the library. Um, the Frank Lloyd Wright Home and Studio is like historic. And that's pretty cool. Have you ever been there? I have. It is uh, like uh, literally like a quarter of a block from my apartment. Oh, wow. My my girlfriend Gina is a big fan of Frank Lloyd Wright stuff and has been to a bunch of the house. I, I I assume she's been there. I don't know. I've never been to anything. But uh, Yeah, it's really close and it's really cool. That's probably like the most famous thing in Oak Park. Um, I was, I'm comfortable. Top three? Top three, yeah. I don't go there enough. It's not like I, I can't like – like the place that I go the most is the place that I've talked about multiple times on the podcast, which is Jerusalem Cafe that has like the shawarma and stuff. Um, that place is great. Uh, let's hear about these pies. So, the place is called Spilt Milk. It opened in Oak Park, um, and and it's been open for a while. It's former pastry chefs from Blackbird Restaurant in Chicago, so they're like Michelin starred pastry chef type people. And then they, um, they're sisters, and they opened up this place in Oak Park. They just recently opened up a uh, second location in Pilsen in Chicago, so they're they're back in Chicago partially. But um, they make a lot of different good types of pie. But tonight, specifically, you, you uh, had pie tonight. 
I had pie tonight. So it's not just a special occasion. It's just Thursday feels well, like a pie night. There is a reason that I had pie tonight, and that's not a very interesting story. But uh, anyway, I had chocolate chess pie uh, tonight. And so essentially it was just like a very good brownie cut into a triangle, and it was super good. That sounds even great. Even though I'm not that interested intrinsically in chess pie. But everything there is good. Their cookies are good. They do make um, hand pies that are like, you know, savory that I've only had a couple of, and those are good. And they, and that's about it. Biscuits, yeah. I've had, I would say, exclusively bad experiences with hand pies. I'm well, out on the hand pie. I want, I want to hear more about these pies, though. What, what, what kind of pies do you like besides the chess pie there? All right. Well, my, I have, a, I have an interesting, we had a, we had a fight about favorite types of pie recently. Who had a fight about favorite types of pie? Um, that would be me and Jen and a group of friends, um, Abby, Gary, Carrie, and Zuyan. And then I, I also pulled other people like my office and stuff. Um, I actually was going to a 4th of July barbecue with some friends and uh, we were, wanted to bring a pie from this place because it's the best place in Oak Park, food-wise, top three overall. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, this would be a good thing to bring because it's like so good. Uh, and for Fourth of July, it being such a popular holiday, you had to order the pie in advance. And so we had to think about what type of pie we wanted to bring to a Fourth of July barbecue. And they have limited options on a given day. And so um, we had strong opinions about what was the best option for the pie to bring. So th this is the fight. Everybody was mad about, did, did, did you did you bring the wrong pie, or was it even just like in the discussion of the pie? That it, it was got purely into? the discussion. There was no drama or conflict at the barbecue itself. It wasn't like you're bringing the wrong pie, and then somebody like throws it on the grill and says, fuck exactly. you, pack it out of my house or something. Correct. That did not happen. Uh, yeah, it was just about, you know, I sometimes have strong opinions about different things, like, quality of various movies etc sure. i expressed my opinion very strongly in this instance as well other people uh had their own opinion and uh yeah so so i you want me to hit you with the options and we can talk about this i'm very excited to hear yes all right so fourth of july american holiday primo uh this was going to a friend's place and we later found out that it was essentially just us and our kids and the two of them and their baby and like maybe one other person stuff. We kind of thought it'd be like a group barbecue thing, but almost everyone bailed and said they had other 4th of July plans. So that was a tragedy. <laughs> that sucks. Um, but the options were strawberry rhubarb with oatmeal crumble crust. Sounds pretty good. Key lime. Love key lime. S'mores. No, 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 Stan. Uh, Pat and I were doing this. We're doing the podcast a different way, and we can actually see each other when we're talking. We live in the future, and so f I guess I have to think about this a little more. I, I was kind of doing like a squinty face about the s'mores pie, if I can convey that to the listener yeah. out there. Pat knows that you guys didn't, but like certainly behind the strawberry rhubarb and the key lime. But go ahead and continue. So those were the three that Jen said were an option, and she completely eliminated. From the menu, apple pie and chocolate chess pie, which, as I just mentioned, was delicious that yeah. I ate tonight. Uh, those were the f five options, but only the top three were even presented as options to bring to this place. 
John, of those options, what do you think is the best place to bring to a barbecue with friends who uh, I would say are not foodies, not necessarily particularly adventurous eaters for the 4th of July, just to bring as a, as a dish to bring to share? I think especially for me, I associate like a, a, a chocolate pie, a chess pie, French silk pie, peanut butter pie, however you classify the s'mores pie is going to fall into this. Even though it's a s'mores pie, which I know is like a, a summery thing because it's like Boy Scouts or whatever. I still, in my head, those are more fall, winter pies. I am most, and also I will say apple pie. I'm sure everything from this place is fucking great. Feels a little basic. I'm going to this Michelin star chef pie place. I'm excited about in some way. My one, two is certainly strawberry rhubarb and key lime. Those are the two. And the I, key lime is probably my single favorite pie. I don't necessarily have like deep connections saying this is the most American Fourth uh, of July pie, but it's the pie I probably always want to eat the most. And then strawberry rhubarb, I also really enjoy, and I directly I do feel like that feels like an American pie, but without like the the hole in it. So uh, I think those those two would be my standout choices. What, what, tell, tell me about the dispute. What happened? So, first of all, like, yes, I thought that apple pie would potentially be a traditional choice that was an option, but Jen's like, not an option. Um, she Essentially, she thinks it's too boring, which I understand. Yeah. For instance, if they do make a good cherry pie at this place, if they had cherry pie, I feel like that probably would have been an inoffensive top-tier option um, that just, like, everyone would like. If you even like any type of pie, this cherry pie would probably be good. But uh, that wasn't an option, so we were left with what I later discovered were divisive choices. <laughs> um, so, personally, I don't love rhubarb. I just don't like the flavor of it that much. Um, I like... I, this is not a very um, strong portion of my opinion, but like also the oatmeal crumble makes it feel more like a like a crumble or a you know, something that isn't even a pie. I like a pie crust on top sure. of the pie. Um, I don't care if it's completely sealed or lattice or whatever, or in the alternative for a key lime pie, you know, if it has the, yeah. the whipped meringue on top, that's cool too. Um, but I, I don't, I, I probably would lean away from a crumble unless it's extra delicious in my, my preference. Mm -hmm. uh, so I put of the three, I put rhubarb on the bottom just because I don't love rhubarb. And also specifically, I thought, that that also would be less popular with less adventure. thought it might be a stretch for some of those folks yes but also um, you're just more you're like i'm a fucking foodie guy so if i don't like it these fucking yokels <laughs> wandering in are going to despise it uh and so my top choice was key lime and my middle choice was uh s'mores which i realized was like potentially highly variable i would have liked to have tried a slice of s'more pie before buying the whole thing um, to see what it was like, but I, I like chocolate and I like s'mores and I'm sure, and everything, literally everything at that place is good. So I had faith. Um, but, um, so I, I had that as a two, but, a but a risky two. And then just out of personal preference, uh, rhubarb at the bottom, but also like maybe actually apple pie should be one or two if we, <laughs> if we considered everything. I, this is one of those things where we should probably, I mean, this is almost certainly overthinking it by half. And that if somebody says, Hey, I'm going to the 4th of July thing. I know a place that makes amazing pie. You want apple pie? And everybody involved has instantly said no is probably wrong. 
yes, you know, I agree. You should probably just get a really fucking good apple pie, and if anybody doesn't like it, we can tell them about how they're wrong. Yeah, but we are we have stepped beyond that already. I, I think the, the key lime should have been a strong choice, and I suspect somebody somebody's going to disagree with you here. So, Jen also thought rhubarb was the obvious choice. She she like she thought uh, so it wasn't necessarily that she thought of it as American, but she definitely thought that it was um, very summery. Like a, it was like it's in season. You know? The rhubarb for sure. And then I mean, I, most of these things are going to be, but strawberry, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was like her reason. Just like I, I love rhubarb; it's delicious, and it is per- the perfect season for a strawberry rhubarb pie. Um, I, I just didn't like that much. So another friend, Abby, she um, said, "Yes, she thinks that's the best choice." But some people don't like fruit pies, um, and <laughs> Abby said that she associates key lime pie with old people and sadness. What? <laughs> And uh, our friend Carrie uh, reacted violently to the prospect of rhubarb pie. She said, F rhubarb. Rhubarb is the worst. Like, uh, just completely, complete disdain for rhubarb and said it was a weed and uh, terrible. Um, my friend Zuyan was like, I don't know, I probably key lime, but didn't have a strong opinion. But it was really, it was like, there's an extremely strong anti-rhubarb reaction i was a less strong anti-rhubarb reaction there was a strong anti-key lime pie reaction um and then but like jen agreed that that was she put the s'mores at the bottom and thought that the key lime was second best um so no no one really had much support for s'mores so it was really between key lime and rhubarb and but there was really diametric views on this I feel like this is this sounds like an example where somebody's trying to explain to you why like the American democracy is broken and like yeah, everybody's kind of a we, system. Exactly. We need like ranked choice voting and it, we there has to be a better way to do it because everybody has extremely strong opinions and we're all going to end up with our fourth choice and literally everyone's going to be disappointed. This is uh off a, on a tangent but with, so Zuyan was my IMSA friend. The, the person who was hosting the barbecue was an IMSA friend, and Chris Jones, surprising to me, ended up coming to the barbecue, another IMSA friend. In high school and, and college, when I was hanging out with IMSA friends, we did have that issue when we're just trying to decide what to do or what game to play, and we did um, numerical rating of how much you wanted to do a given activity for the evening and tried to uh, decide based on essentially um, net utility for for our activities and we we needed something like that for this pie contest as well oh uh gary who is abby's husband um and big into cooking uh he insulted key lime pie as not even really being a pie um and then he's like what even defines a pie and so then i looked i tried to find like the snootiest pie definition article i could find and i found a great one um, that mentioned um, Mary Berry. Uh, <laughs> she, had a book. she talked about like she had a cookbook and talked about shepherd's pie. And so then they're like, the annual debate again of what constitutes a pie is shepherd's pie really pie? And there's this British baking, the British Pie Association annual championship. And this one British snooty guy said that um, a pie has to be completely encased in crust because the art of making a pie is 
having the filling be well made and the pie crust being completely cooked and perfectly textured. And so uh, anything that doesn't have a top crust is definitely not a pie. So key lime pie, definitely not a pie. Pumpkin pie, definitely not a pie. Shepherd's pie, not a pie. Um, and, and and they go so far as, uh, you know, we once, one year, we had a discussion where we were considering um, lattice-topped pies, and we just laughed that off and thought that was absurd. Like, of course, that's not a pie. Um, so, uh, yeah, they said that, like, um, key lime pie is a meringue-topped tart. tart. Um, and, uh, like, shepherd's pie is a potato-topped casserole or something they just had like they had different terms for all of these things that and did not define them as pie so anyway um as i said strong opinions abounded what pie did you show up with so i think i was surprised by the divisiveness of key lime pie i thought it would be at least okay or better to everyone and jen was surprised by the divisiveness of strawberry rhubarb pie because uh, she thought it was a natural choice. And so I was like, uh, like, I'll let you win. Like, I don't actually agree with this at all, but I will. we can bring a strawberry rhubarb pie. Uh, and she went to order and they were out of strawberry rhubarb pie. <laughs> <laughs> After we talked about the it. The people have spoken. It was like, I would say like over the, it was the course of an entire work day. Obviously we weren't, just talking the whole day but there was like a six hour discussion about what type of pie we should get and uh so we decided and then they didn't have it i don't think that them running out of strawberry rhubarb pie means that it was the best pie or the even the most popular pie because we do not know the availability of ingredients or the number of pies they were able to make so we quickly decided on key lime as a backup and uh it was well received and chris jones also particularly loves key lime pie like i do Uh, so it was the right choice for the crowd it ended up being um, but uh, we didn't even really reach that conclusion. That was just <laughs> fell into our laps. Um, how much does one of these pies set you back? This is a good pie place, so they're pretty expensive pies. Uh, it was like on the order of like $28 or something. $28. So you, you said good pie place. Uh, so my, my, I started, I was thinking like 20 25 bucks, and you said that, and I thought maybe these pies are like 70 bucks. I feel <laughs> like what you got to do next year sounds like two pies yeah i know i i thought of that too, like two pie like this is just you know what fuck everybody i'm showing up with two pies worst case been... i'm taking most of a pie home oh i'm so sad about this yeah, yeah like that was that was an obvious potential solution i'm glad we didn't do that when we found out that essentially it was just going to be like, like that, yeah that's true too, though. but yeah you were walking into this thinking i'm going children. to this giant barbecue and then yeah. Like literally, there's a pie. There's half a pie for every person here. Yeah, who is not a baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds like quite an ordeal. I that happens every now and then. You get those. There's the never-ending argument where you realize, like halfway through, that like we just have incompatible worldviews about this inconsequential thing. But we're not like what you need is like someone to have their feelings hurt. But nobody's like has a strong enough take to even hurt each other's feelings. So you just have the conversation for six hours i mean i was pretty close yeah a few times so people were trying to force the rhubarb either, upon you and you didn't like being it hurt or hurting others <laughs> Calling i was pretty pie close pie. to choosing to hurt people's feelings <laughs> no i <laughs> accidentally um yeah it was uh it was contentious for sure 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you made it through. It's, it sounds like it worked out well. The key line seems like it was a really you hit on it, hit on hit on a good thing, even if it was by accident. It is delicious. I'm so I said I had the pie tonight because of an occasion. Uh, so we had an intern in our office, um, which is weird because like we're a very small agency. I don't think we've ever had an intern in the existence of the agency. Um, but anyway, he's leaving tomorrow, and so I'm bringing in uh, a French silk chocolate pie uh, because he likes chocolate cream pies so uh jen picked up a whole pie for me to bring to the office today and she got a slice of the chess pie as well that that is uh very thoughtful of like everyone involved in the story that's great uh i always thoroughly enjoy it when somebody brings something into the office I and mean, it's always for someone i i don't know and i'm on the fence and then what i what I, I always wait for that email it's like hey guys still a little bit of this pie left and that's that's when i show up i don't want to be over eager to be like hey i'm sorry dave's leaving they're like hey this is steve and so (laughs) i don't want to be doing that but as soon as they're like oh you know there's still some of this stuff left then right on top of it that's 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 where you want to be i think um i've got so i haven't done haven't done this podcast in a while uh as you guys may have noticed but uh over the past month month and a half i've started taking some notes on things I thought it might be fun to talk about on the podcast, and so I'm just I'm just going to pick a couple at random. We'll talk about those for a little bit and see if these things are even slightly interesting. Uh, one of them, uh, I know we've talked a lot about the value, the importance of hydration on this podcast before. I think I when you were running it when I was out out of the game, I think you talked about it with somebody once. How how is your how is your hydration going? How much water are you drinking a day? I would say I'm like kind of average lately. Um, I I definitely drink too much soda and not quite enough water, but I have tried to be a little better with water. Um, so, for instance, at lunch I will often get a soda in a big plastic cup from wherever I'm getting lunch. But then when I get back to the office and I finish it, I will refill that entire big plastic cup with water for the second round uh and you know try and try and equal my my water consumption at at minimum and then you know keep drinking at home uh so okay but not as good as i should that's a good move i i will always at the very least i'm I'm at home have beer or whatever i'm like oh i think maybe i'll have another beer like first off you refill the glass with water and you have to drink that down it's always a good move um, what what what's your soda of choice at work situation like that? Oh my, I have strong feelings about soda, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite soda is Diet Dr Pepper. Uh, if it's an option, Diet Dr Pepper Cherry, which is a little harder to come by. So um, alternately, if you're at a place with a Coca Cola freestyle machine, then Diet Dr Pepper with a little bit of Diet Dr Pepper Cherry added in because the the freestyle machine version of Dr. Pepper Cherry is not the same as the canned or bottled version of Dr. Pepper Cherry. So if you do a full glass of that, it's too syrupy, cherry y. <laughs> so I just kind of top it off with a little bit of Dr. Pepper Cherry. Because it's, it's probably favorite. just using that cherry that's like in the Exactly. Thing. Those, yeah. That's how they get you. I love those freestyle machines. But those fruit flavors that they add are insanity. And you basically never want them. And yeah, I'm always get up there and I'm like, well, maybe I do want like a lime Coke. And then I get it. I'm like, well, I fucking didn't want that. Dump it out. Do it again. Wasting everybody's time and energy. So I, I recommend at minimum 
fill it up two thirds with regular Diet Pepsi okay. or, Diet, or Diet Coke or Diet Dr. Pepper or whatever, and then just top it off with a little bit of flavor if you want some of yeah. the flavor. But don't fill the whole glass with the, the fruit-flavored soda. That's a good move. I will say I am Diet Dr. Pepper is everything. It is definitely my favorite if I'm going to have a soda. I, I don't have a ton. I eat maybe like one or two days a week. I, will, I don't drink a lot of coffee, especially in the afternoon. If I have coffee, it's the first thing in the morning. If I'm like dragging at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday, I'll go get like a Diet Dr. Pepper and pretend it's doing something. Um, I have been drinking a lot of water, as I always do, but I, I've really inspired myself because I, earlier, I like, I believe I described a, a delicious apple pie from a great pie place as basic. Because that's a thing I think I can say. And I have great standing to say things are basic. Because I'm a dude who has a giant Hydro Flask that he carries around with him everywhere. That's covered in stickers. You guys at home can't see this. But Pat, who's also at home, but he can see this uh, on the video. Because I am a 21-year-old female college senior who's been to England on a foreign exchange trip recently. But I really enjoy it. And I, I, I really advocate for this. I know it, it seems kind of weird, maybe out out of... Can we take a tour of the stickers uh, I, or, or abbreviated version? I, I don't know what else you thought we might be about to do. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a tour of the stickers on my Hydro right. Flask now. Um, and so maybe maybe after this, I'll go ahead and put up some pictures, too, for those of you who can't see it. But I've, I've tried... <clears throat> so we're going to start here. I've got like a Comedy Bang Bang sticker. And this is... Uh, distillery nearby uh this is waluigi he's I saw cool. the, of course i noticed the waluigi we like waluigi this is I, wolf uh, puppy I, oh go ahead i mean waluigi is deliberately incredibly annoying that is what he's known for is being the worst uh so are you a, ironically a fan of waluigi or you uh like waluigi or you don't actually care about Walu waluigi and you just put him on there uh, the last one's out um i will say you you said like are you and then there are a couple options but like i i would say i think of myself as a waluigi type i like him i like what he stands for i uh there was a thing recently i was thinking about this and somebody i think it was gina was like do you really do you really like this or is it like an ironic thing? This wasn't about waluigi but it was just about something in general and i just realized i have transcended such questions I don't like I know here's what I know. I like Waluigi a lot. I don't know if it's because it's funny how bad he is or that it's stupid or what. I just think Waluigi's great and I need more Waluigi content in my life. Um this is a Springfield Shopper headline Supervillain seizes East Coast. That's a good one. Uh this is New California Republic flag from Fallout New Vegas. Uh, do you are you familiar with the comic strip Nancy? Yeah, I mean, vague, I don't read it regularly, but I'm aware of the um, rebirth of Nancy yes. as an actually good comic. Uh, it, I don't I don't read a lot of comic strips, as you might guess, but I do follow a Twitter account that posts the Nancy every day, and then I set it up to get notifications because all, that's all they post, and so every day I read the new Nancy, and it's fucking great. I have. The highest regard for the Nancy comic strip. I recommend everybody check it out. 
There's a couple other beer places. That's pretty much it. I think this is a good, but I really enjoyed putting this together and like buying stickers on like Redbubble and other things. And just thinking about like what are some, what stickers, like I wanted to put together a bottle. And if, if I saw somebody else with this bottle, I'd be like, man, that's a cool fucking guy right there, huh? And so I think this is a good reflection of who I am. I like some podcasts, and I like Waluigi, and I like Booze, and I like The Simpsons, and I like Fallout, and what I like was Nancy. Simpsons? Oh, that was that. Super villain season East Coast. I didn't, I didn't really go through. Ah, there we go. You can see uh, yeah. Mr. Scorpio, Scorpio right there. He's yeah. having a good time. Um, but uh, I, I, like I said, I'll post some pictures. I think everybody – oh, wait. I forgot the most important one. So I've got this pink little bumper thing at the bottom. And then underneath, there's the secret hidden last sticker, which is the pumpkin dance guy from the video on YouTube. Everybody wow. loves the pumpkin dance guy. And I have to say also, perfectly fits the bottom of your bottle. Yeah, that was just a coincidence. I got this sticker and I put actually had it on like up here and it just looks so fucking stupid. I couldn't leave it there. But then I was like, I wonder if it would fit. And I put him on the bottom there. And then he goes under the boot, and nobody knows he's there but me. And boy, do I know it. Mm-hmm. That's great. So everybody, go buy. Like, these Hydro Flasks are outrageously expensive. But I drop it on, like, concrete once a week. And so far, it seems to be doing okay. The stickers get kind of dinged up. But everything else is fine. And then I just drink, like, two of these at work every day. And I feel stronger than I've ever been. And I swear I was paying attention. But did you explain who the guy with the David Bowie makeup is? Oh, I didn't say that. This is the, uh, there's a brewery in town called Dangerous Man, and then they do pride, they did pride stickers this year, and this was their pride sticker, which is basically their logo with a rainbow David Bowie thing, lightning bolt thing going on. Cool. Yeah, good stuff all around. So, uh, this goes for you, Pat, or anybody else. If you get one of these things, you can come on the podcast and tell everybody about all the stickers you got. You better do a video uh, chat. For you will not need to do a video. And if you need advice on where to get stickers, uh, you can ask me. But also, just like I, said, I got most of these, like some of them, I like I like Comedy Bang Bang, and I went to the store, and you could just buy like stickers. But then Redbubble has all sorts of stuff, and it's all like fucking bullshit. They clearly do not have the right to be selling these stickers, but they do, and yep. they're two ninety five, and it's just like, yep. It's like I, I'm sure if you sold a sticker that said The Simpsons, you'd get in trouble. But if you saw a sticker this, that just is the newspaper for supervillain seizes East Coast, nobody's fucking checking this shit out. You're fine. I'm not even sure you'd get in trouble on Redbubble if you sold one of those. <laughs> yeah, it would be possible to get in trouble on Redbubble for that. This, I don't even know how it would happen. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's the Wild West in a very good way, I think. Um, okay. Pat, how far are we into this podcast? I've got about 31 minutes. 31 minutes. Okay. Um, let's, as always, I, uh, I'll give you a preview of a topic, uh, we're not going to get into, uh, I wrote out a paragraph of thoughts, but the opening sentence is, uh, Mueller is a bitch. We're going to skip that one. (laughs) Uh, everybody can be really sad. You didn't get to hear my interesting take about that. Um, is that a paragraph? Uh, I'm not reading. I did did write out a whole whole paragraph. The next word, the next four words are, oh, but my principles. Uh, Um, But we don't. Yeah, you can probably see where that was going to go. I had 
one thing I specifically wanted to talk to you about. We'll, we'll see how long this takes. This could be the rest of the episode. Um, <clears throat> how familiar are you with the uh, Jonas Brothers song, Year 3000? Extremely un. Extremely un. Okay, well, first off, I, I then this goes not just for you. Uh, but for everyone, I, I if, if if you listening out there share those sentiments that Pat just just expressed, rectify this. It's a it, it, it's a truly great song. You have a great time listening to it all the time. Uh, but it's I think it's a cover they did of some weird British song, and they slightly changed some of the words to make them like topical to them. But the 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 premise of the song is like. My our it's the Jonas Brothers and they're like our neighbor made a time machine and he went to the year three thousand and then now they make some audacious claims. One of them is that everything is basically the same, which seems unlikely, but also that everyone lives underwater, which would inherently it feels like things are not basically the same if everyone lives underwater. They seem to have not. Fully consider the ramifications. Yeah. Of it might be they were just going for rhymes more than really like figuring out what would make sense. But that's not what like anyway. Maybe in a future episode, we'll just spend the entire time talking about how good this song and video are. I'd be happy to do that. But that's not what we're doing today. Uh, what I want to talk about today is there's a line of the song, and it's like like at the end of the chorus, so they repeat it over and over, <clears throat> and I believe. And so the guy's just going through, rambling off things about the future. And then now, now you're, you're going to get hung up on one thing. So get ready to get hung up. We're just going to get right back off of it. And so he's talking to these kids and it's like 2006. And I believe the line is, and your great, great, great granddaughter, she's doing fine. So first off, I know that's not enough greats. Not we're never. not making it a fucking thousand, 994 years with great, great, great granddaughter. So, and I also want to assume, I mean, but for the purpose of our conversation, you'll see we can actually go either way with this. It doesn't really matter whether maybe, maybe something, maybe longevity has changed significantly. Maybe it is your great, great, great granddaughter and she's doing fine at 375 years old and she's middle aged. So I don't know. That's not, that's neither here nor there. <clears throat> What I want to talk about is the idea they have come, this person said, hey, good news, Jonas Brothers. And also, I don't, I guess this is just from the lead singer's perspective. So it's just the lead singer. I don't, I'm, I don't know which Jonas Brothers. How much of a Jonas fan are you? No, I, I got nothing beyond this song. So we're going to, but whoever, whichever one it is, it's his great, great, great granddaughter. She's doing fine. So this guy is like, I'm happy to report while I was in the year 3000, I checked in. I'm, and also, I, you could also say, if I only have one living descendant a thousand years from now, that's weird. You would think I would have many. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> you think I don't, that the tree would be branching out, but I don't know. I don't think that that statement necessarily means you only have her. He's that's true, too. That one person is doing great. But Maybe he was like, you know what? I'm fucking 10, busy off. in the f future. <laughs> I'm not a strong swimmer like everyone else is here. So it took me a minute to even find this one fish person and confirm she was doing okay. I think I'm doing pretty good. I also, you guys didn't make a time machine to check on her. I did. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, like 
You are very selfish. I gave you a very personalized update. <laughs> you will be grateful for the one person I was able to track down. How many people do you think there are I did not find a descendant for? Basically everyone alive. The population in the year 3000 is 100 billion. And I found one person that's related to you. Um, Deal with it. None of these things are my point. My point, and I, again, I don't, I don't even necessarily have a point. I have a question. To what extent do you care about the well-being of your great-great-great-granddaughter? Well, I would say in that scenario, um, the world is flooded. We're talking like Kevin Costner's now, water world. It could be like they chose to go down there. Maybe it's good. Wait. Uh, the, the, no. I reject that scenario. Now, it could be that, that they built like domes. Like it could just be they're literally under the water. Like society's upper crust decided to live under sea, and the poor people live on the surface. That is totally fine and hospitable. Yeah, <laughs> but and, and also we have to concede. The song says she's doing fine. Exactly. Yes. So she's, she's doing fine. So I would say. Um, like currently, let so this song that you are saying came out in two thousand six. That's your statement. I don't know this. Song. I believe that to be yeah. I think okay. roughly. I, I think roughly. That's right. Yeah, like it's not like a twenty nineteen song. It's not new Jonas Brothers. It's not reunited Jonas. No, Brothers. no. This is this is OG uh, JB. Um, I I would say like currently like twenty nineteen, me. Has, uncertainty over. The sustainability of the environment for the next hundred years. So like being assured that uh, people are doing fine, let alone one who is related to me a thousand years from now is comforting. Right. Okay. So I'm going to cut you off. I've thought about this. I, that's my exact first thought of how to bullshit out of this answer. Uh, it's true. You can, you can use this to learn stuff otherwise. And you can say the fact, like I, I have a very negative world view. And so the idea that anybody is doing fucking fine roughly a thousand years from now, I was like, oh, nice. I'm glad to hear it. We didn't, we had so many chances to blow ourselves up. If we have we probably actually no made it through to that point, we must, things must be going pretty good. I don't want any things like that. I don't want answers. Like, I want it specific. So maybe we, maybe we have to assume for these purposes that you already know the generalities like that. And so you hear that this specific person is doing fine relative to others. Does that make you happy? I would say, so if I, let's say, if I'm inferring that overall the human race is okay, and so just the question is, do I specifically care about my actually great, 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 granddaughter is okay, I don't think I care that much. Like, right. I don't feel a connection to that person. I don't, like, if they said, like, hey, little factoid for you, little little piece of trivia, FYI, your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-granddaughter is the emperor of the earth. She's doing fine, and she ended up being very important <laughs> to human history. Like, that would be cool. And I'd be like, hey, cool. Go Polk clan. Um, but just saying, like, this person who is very distantly related to you is living an okay life. I don't think I care about very much. 
And so then the question becomes, how far can you go? How how many generations do you give a shit about? this? I'll, I'll step back, give you a second to think about it. This Basically, this question came to me from two directions at once. I got into this song, and I thought about this song a lot. And then I also read, I don't remember, there was some athlete who signed some giant contract, and he was talking about the concept of like generational wealth, and that he had set himself up and set up his children and his grandchildren. And that's that's true, like depending on what, I mean, if, you, if, if you're, you know, Mike Trout or whatever, and you signed a $400 million contract and you, you, you do things correctly with your money, you can ensure that like, like, like grandchildren, future generations of your family whom you will never meet will not be required to work in their lives unless they choose to. That's a very different scenario, though. That I, well, I would feel good if I felt personally responsible for my great 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 granddaughter was doing well. That's but see, I think that's insane. If I let's was hear more about this person. I'm curious if, about. This. If I was continuous, if I I did something so good that I was setting up ten generations to be good. Um, then I must have done something really right. Like I, if I have, if if they are just updating me that the state of the world is such that the Polk line has continued to live, completely unrelated to anything I've done, it's just that there are some people alive and they're doing okay. I don't care if I have done something so monumental that I have personally set up the success for a hundred you know for a thousand years or however many generations then i must then i have really helped a lot of people um and i feel good about it but i well i mean if you specifically have helped a very small number of people who share your last name and you've chosen not to help an enormous number of people you might have so i mean i guess some of it here is you can think of conceptualize it as to what extent do you care about helping your future descendant who, say, five generations removed versus a random person. Well, okay, but uh, as you pointed out, liter- a thousand years from now, if my family line has continued, there's not just one person. Sure. That is, um, so, like, if, after, if, if we're even talking three generations, that's still a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it is not like I'm saying, like, okay, one person from the next generation is uh, doing okay, and then one person from the second generation is doing okay, and one person from the third generation is doing okay, then that is, like, really not helping a lot of people. Right, Um, sure. But if you are setting up your entire continuous tree under you, then that is at least hundreds of people. Let's think about it like this. Let's say that you, first off, I, I want to divorce this from the concept of you accomplishing something great. So let's say you win the lottery. And you want to, and so now you're making decisions with your money and you're being smart about it and you don't want to be like, whoops, Pat spent all the money and now uh, all the kids and the moment he, he spent his last dollar the moment he died and now uh, all the kids have, you know, just there's zero dollars remaining. That sucks. How many generations are you willing to consider when you're making financial decisions? And this is this is assuming you have monumental wealth. Like, at what point will you say, "I'd rather I'm not going to buy this extra house because I want there to be money left for 
my great 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 grandchildren i think the easy answer first of all if you buy a house you're going to bequeath that to someone and you are setting that but with the wealth of the, the assets of having that house and they can sell it or whatever um, well that that assumes the earth isn't going to flood which i think we've already established definitely happens um i think the i think to me of course this is far-fetched and so we you don't have to even don't even bother judging me if i give the wrong <laughs> answer because this is not happening um but i think the easy answer is to like essentially feel compelled to set up the people who are alive during your lifetime like you're so if you have you you will likely if you have kids you will have at minimum grandkids when you're alive uh and you know you probably have nieces and nephews and blah blah blah. so i would i would feel like i would want to set up those people for success and hope that they would also um make wise decisions and set up their own children. They'll have the opportunities that you provided yeah. them and they can use those to continue. Yeah, I would not be personally concerned with great, great, great grandchildren who are very far from being alive at the time of my death. I've been, I've been wondering about this and I, so I think that's pretty close to where I stand, but I wondered, like, I feel like sometimes I am cold about yep. this. John, we went to law school, buddy. <laughs> the rule against perpetuities has a strong thing to say about setting up your great, 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 great grandchildren. That's true. Like well, that's true. <clears throat> if we are specifically trying to hand the money, we're going to have some big issues. Yeah. And unintended consequences we don't care for. Um, I think in the end, we're not as far apart on this as I thought we might be. I talked so this uh I talked to Charlie Yordy about this when we were on our our, our lovely uh, New Orleans trip and we landed at approximately the same place as far as who we would choose to care about who we would feel and I I don't feel any responsibility certainly but like if I just had like you can just push this button and things will be better for this specific person and I wondered I wondered if it was a lack of having children that didn't push here I further into the future as far as concern. And then so Charlie said, you should talk to Pat Polk about this. And I thought I would do that because that's a guy who's got some kids around. Um, but it, it sounds like I, I want I do how to so where do you think you and me and Charlie stand compared to the average person? Do you think this is what, what most people would say? Or do you think most people would say, I would like, like, I would always want to, I care about this, my family's line forever. forever. I bet we're pretty normal. Um, I think it depends on, like, some people are obsessed with the concept of legacy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's a minority. Um, I think... Some people, I think it, uh, it just in general, you might just like how close you are with your family um, might have some impact if you're like super duper 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 close with uh, your family and you have like if you already have grandkids, I, I like, um, but I feel like on average people, I think it is easy to A, care about things that you can observe personally and b it is obviously easy to 
and to some extent want to uh, spend what you have uh, and not purely sacrifice your own well-being for innumerable future generations. Um, I think the combination of selfishness and bias for the present will make people not go super far in the future. And it's, it's also just a fact that first off, you know, if, if you've got a bunch of people who live in times of plenty because of Grandpa Pat, then they're probably just going to end up having lots of kids. And you just always, because of things like the rule against perpetuities, there's always going to be uncertainty here. So there's also just a diminishing value in general to the every dollar you attempt to devote to six generations down the line. First off, is getting spread so thin. And also, who even fucking knows what, you know, eventually, you know, your doofus nephew or something rolls in and comes up with an idea for investing in car washes and all the money is gone anyway. And you're like, well, Pat should have just spin it on a cool rocket ship and gone to the moon. Um, okay. Well, like how much would, if with inflation, how much money would you really have to invest to uh, set up your great, 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 great grandchildren? Like a hundred bucks. That's what I mean. Or honestly, none of this matters because all you need to do is tell your uh, buddy next door who's got the time machine to put a hundred bucks in a savings account and then go a million years in the future and collect it and bring it back. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> I think maybe uh, the time machine can solve your problems with wealth any number of ways. But and, you know, and that's another, if there's a time machine, you should care about your children <laughs> in the year 3000 because you can go hang out with them. Yeah. They, they, no, I, I guess that could be another version of this question though is would you particularly care to as opposed to anyone else, do you feel any connection to that person? I, I honestly, I think that would be like a, a it'd be like an a interesting detour. I think it'd be like, oh, that's that's an interesting thing I could do, but it would not be like the focus of my time travel. It would be like very pleasant to learn after I had met. So, like, wait a minute, what'd you say your last name was? And then you'd like figure it out then. But I don't think I'd want to devote a minute towards. So this doofus who was going around trying to find the Jonas Brothers descendants wasting his time he should have just talked to whoever he ran into if you watch the video he doesn't come off great it looks like he's wasting his time he's kind of a perv i've also watched the video for the original british song and they the jonas brothers changed this line and in the they so in the jonas brothers song it's your great 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 granddaughter she's doing fine and in the original it's your great 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 granddaughter she's pretty fine and it's like, man, you're, <laughs> this person in the future is fucking hot. And I wanted to hook up with her. And then I found out she was related to you. Weird, huh? And so it's just kind of a little bit raunchier uh, lyric. And I think considerably less interesting. But uh, maybe it's more interesting because it actually, I think, makes sense. As like maybe it's ribbing them. As opposed to this, which I don't, I don't think you should give a shit. Except for, you know, all of our cheats about how this teaches us about the future. And also, if it's really your great-great-great-granddaughter, then longevity has changed considerably and other things. I guess also you'd have to, I mean, it wouldn't be enough to just be able to live longer. You'd also have to be able to procreate much later in life. Sure. Like, if you had to have that kid by 60 at the latest... Which is crazy. Even then, it wouldn't do you any good to live to five hundred. You're not gonna get. To, you're not gonna spread it out enough. 
<clears throat> anyway, uh, I, th I think that that was okay. Um, I'm going to tell one more story here. Excellent. I, this is uh, moderately timely. We'll see if you if your takeaway from this is the same as mine. But uh, at I think I've talked on here before about how they have uh, like they have these things everywhere up here in Minnesota. There's a big uh, group called like the they they have the beer dabblers, and so the whole thing is you go and you get a little cup, and then you pay like fifty bucks to get in. And then all these different breweries are around and they'll fill up your little cup and you can just drink for like four hours and it's great fun. Um, they do one of these, there's a summer one and a winter one and then there's one at the, the Pride Festival every year. And this year, Gina and I went to the one at Pride and it was a very good time. And you got a cool sticker. I got a cool sticker. I drank lots of delicious beers. and But also, uh, there was just because there's the Pride Pride Dabbler, there were like uh, there was there was a drag show, and there were just drag like the the theme was drag queens. So lots of the uh, little tents with the breweries, like uh, their beer was based on a drag queen, and then that drag queen was there, and you could just be like, "Hey, is this my beer?" And sometimes they were famous drag queens, so they weren't there, of course. But there were lots of little things going on. And then one of the things going on was there was a mechanical bull, and people were getting on this mechanical bull. And of course, I I, I don't fuck with a mechanical bull, and I never have, and I never would. But lots of people are very excited to ride this mechanical ball. Pat Polk, you ever ride a mechanical ball? I have. Oh, my God. See, I basically meant, like, I asked you that as a joke. And so let's halt everything. I'll let you talk. I have. I don't even remember the context in which this occurred. I think it was like um, like an out. It wasn't at a bar, which is like obviously like a, a country western bar is like 100 percent the place to do that i think it was like a fair or something it's like outdoors and so just like a big long like there are other there are rides there were there's you know ferris wheel bumper cars this that the other and also a mechanical bull and uh, i was very I, this was a long time ago i i have a vague memory of it uh, but yes i have ridden a mechanical bull what age yeah. would you guess you were i would guess high school high school how'd you do I recall, I believe, okay, pretty, pretty well. I think, um, you know, it, the mechanical bull, in my brief observation, there's a lot of variable, like the person at the controls has a lot of control over how hard the ride is. Sure. And so if they're being nice to you, you can stay on for a really long time. <laughs> and if they're being mean to you, you have to be very good to stay on. And I feel like I had kind of like a medium difficulty and did a, medium-ish, maybe medium-plus job and stayed on okay, uh, but eventually got flung off. That's, I, I feel like that's very spot on. That's kind of how this thing generally goes, is like, as long as you get up there and you're not beat, like, if you look, you're going to hurt yourself, then we're throwing you off right away and getting you done. But if as long as you're okay and everybody's okay seeing you up there, we'll let you do it for a minute, and then they pull the lever up and it's like, well, now it's real, and then no one can do it anymore, and it's over. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, my my favorite uh, brewery up here in Minnesota is uh, Junkyard. I post pictures in the WhatsApp channel all the time of Junkyard beers I'm drinking. They happen to be set up right next to the mechanical ball thing. And I was like, this is great because like once Gina and I had made a nice loop around and kind of seen all the, the highlights and just kind of hanging out now, 
we just got a seat next to there and I went over and got a junkyard burner. I thought I'm just going to drink a couple of these, rotate through, and then we can watch the crazy ass mechanical vault people. And we're there for a few minutes and then this, this lady gets up and she's wearing like, like a, she's wearing a sleeveless shirt, but it's like a smart sleeveless shirt. Maybe she had like, you could totally, <clears throat> nothing crazy about it. But then you realize like she's on the ball and then it kind of turns to the side and it's like, oh, this person is wearing very short shorts. And then it kind of turns again. It's like, oh, this person is not wearing pants. And so she's just up there like in a thong, which you can do. You can do whatever you want. She's just going crazy, kind of wilding out. And everybody's flipping out and having a good time. And then eventually, like, the guy does the thing and pushes the thing up. So now the ball is going for real. And then she is just, like, hanging off the side of it. And it's just, like, her ass up in the air. And everybody's going nuts and screaming and having a great time. And she eventually falls off and everybody cheers and... We all had a great time. And then she walks over, and this is the, the, the tragic part of the story. They got, obviously, like the safety area where it's soft, and you can fall. And she gets out of there, and she steps over the thing, and she gets out. And then she has to, she reaches down, and she lifts up her jeans. She was wearing full jeans before this. And there's the concept that she had, like, come to this event in, like, jeans and, like, a smart top that, like, I totally could buy. It was, like, casual Friday, and she wore this to work and got to the thing and had a couple beers. And then she was like, hey, buddies, I got to take off my jeans and get on the mechanical ball and have a good time. It wow. felt real bad. Yeah. It felt weird. like at that, like, like if, if, again, if you show up and you're in the party mood and you clearly were that way before you got here, it's one thing. But it's like, I feel like two hours ago, this woman, like, let's say three hours ago, this woman, like, came from an accounting firm downtown. And then she's got her jeans on the ground riding the mechanical pole around. What was her, experience. like, demeanor when she was done with the ride? Was she, like, satisfied, pleased, like... Uh, like, 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 pr happy that the people hooted and hollered. Uh, what, do, what did you get out of her affect? I would say having a pretty good time, pretty excited, not like, not like enormously excited, but, but pleased with how things had gone. Um, I, I, I guess it was somewhat artistic license. I will say artistic license in that I, I have this concept of her telling her friends, I gotta take my jeans off to get on the mechanical ball didn't have anybody around which i didn't love you you, you wonder i feel I, I got i my suspicion is her friends ditched her and she was like fuck this i'll show everybody gotta get these jeans off get on the mechanical ball was she visibly drunk i i don't i, I probably I, I don't know visibly drunk i was at a distance i wasn't like up against the edge of the thing trying to lean in and see like i was a fair distance away. She seemed like she was like she she did well on the ball. It wasn't like she was so incapacitated that she just got launched into space the moment she stepped on it. Hmm. Uh, the jeans, the jeans just killed me though. Yeah, that's rough. That's I hope a, she's doing well. Very I bet she's having a good decision night. to make. Yeah, I, I I feel like yeah, just that's the thing. You got to go in it knowing what you're gonna do, and and if. If, if you're going to not be wearing pants, let's plan ahead for how we're not going to wear pants and not improvise ways to not wear pants at the last minute. <laughs> because when you do that, it doesn't always lead to the results we want. I mean, I think improvising not wearing pants, there's one precise way to do that, and that's <laughs> to take off your pants. 
she 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 came to the same conclusion. <laughs> um, uh, Pat, do you have anything you'd like to plug today? I a Taco Bell cantina just opened next to my office oh, literally boy. yesterday, and it is. I'm very excited about it. Um, everyone is familiar with Taco Bell, so there's nothing that I can say to enlighten the audience, but um, having a fast food option next to my office that is not McDonald's or Chick-fil-A is pretty exciting. So I'm happy about that, but I don't have anything exciting to plug. I, I think that I think that's fine. Just I, I, in general, keeping up awareness of Taco Bell has value. There might be somebody out there, could be one listener who's like, you know what? I will have some Taco Bell today and they'll have you to thank. Mm-hmm. Um, I was initially going to plug uh, uh, the comic strip Nancy, but I already did that. So instead, I will plug another relatively recent interest. I've started doing the uh, New York Times crossword puzzle every day, and I just thoroughly enjoy it. How how many days can you do? Um, I successfully did today's, uh, which was a Thursday. Oh, I good. Um, won't say that I do it. I can successfully do the Thursday every time. And then I have done, and so Friday and Saturday, very, very hit or miss. Certainly not expecting to do those. But if there's a Wednesday or Thursday I don't do, I'm disappointed. Good job. Um, I like, are you, are you a crossword puzzle person or you had a phase like that? Uh, I, I dabble. I have the app for New York Times, mm-hmm. and so I fiddle with them. I don't even try Friday, Saturday. Um, I'm more, I'm definitely a Monday, Tuesday guy and like an occasional Wednesday, Thursday guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also, it's very much like you can, there's a lot of like, obviously it's, it's very much like a, a skill that you just learn from doing it every day. Mm -hmm. And it's, this is the thing I didn't know until I recently started doing it every day is it's very obviously just like a trick to get you to keep doing it. But they re-fucking use, they'll reuse so many clues and not just like traditional, like, well, there's, you know, we're always putting like like shitty cheeses and stuff in because they're convenient letter groupings, but also just like there'll be a week where they just keep running out the same clue and then like, oh, you know, this must be this because I saw this on a Tuesday and now even though it's a Friday and this would be, this clue would be impossible otherwise I know it because I did that Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of bullshit, yeah. kind of kind of twisting your arm to do every puzzle. But uh, I really enjoyed it. It's kind of I kind of recognize it one of those things that like I suspect a month from now I will be completely tired of it and not do one again for a year. But right now I've really been enjoying it. You're definitely better than me at them. Um, do you do the minis? We should add each other on the minis thing. And, I uh, we should do that. Life. Yeah, I, I the minis are very much a thing where like I won't I'll forget about them. And then there'll be like a Monday afternoon, a Monday evening. I'll do the Monday real quick, and then I'll just like go back and do a week's worth of minis or whatever. And it's, mm-hmm. those are those are very fun. And those I feel like very wildly in Absolutely. how difficult. Some of them are just like you just read four clues straight down and you're done. And some of them you've really got to put something together. And they also have like so much less correlation with the day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's any pattern to how those work, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, it's just sometimes, and sometimes you get one that's like, well, this mini is seven by seven, and the clues are weird, and I, yeah, 
I, I do enjoy, uh, Gina does that every day at work as well. She's always plugging the mini, and I never think to do it because it doesn't pop up right. I do it on the app too. Mm-hmm. She gets the actual paper, which is probably more legit. Um, Pat, this has been a very good time. I also I want to if, if I'll edit this out if it isn't, but if this sounds good, I, all the credit goes to Pat. He did some research. He found some new software to try out. We're both recording it. Hopefully it works out well. But uh, if it goes how we think, I think it'll sound better going forward. And uh, it'll be an easier experience both for me editing and for the people on the other end of the call. And all the credit goes to Pat. So uh, thank you, Pat, from all of us. No problem. I hope it hope it works well. And, uh, yeah, I, it, it would be great if we have a reliable way to record it. So that'd be fantastic. That I want to hear fantastic. more quality John Rhodes content. Exactly. All the bullshit stuff Pat's going to get real mad at me about. Uh, hmm, do I do the closing here or do I do it after? I probably do it right here. Uh, best wishes in the intervening days.